Hey there, Tony here again with the Tony Funderburk podcast. Yep, I'm going to uh, combine a couple of my websites into one, and uh, I've been asked for quite some time why I don't do that. And um, actually, I started to ask myself that, so I thought, you know, maybe I just won't do that anymore. I've been feeling a little schizophrenic. Uh, posting certain kinds of things on one website and certain other kinds of things on another site. And I thought, hey, it's all just me. So um, I hope you'll uh, I hope you'll enjoy the conglomeration now. I'm putting it all together, and it's just going to be the Tony Funderburg podcast. It's all about words and music of faith, hope, and love. Uh, what I've been doing is looking at some books in the Bible and finding what I see as the love in there. Because I believe that, um, like Paul said, the greatest of these is love. So out of faith, hope, and love, the greatest of these is love. And obviously, if you don't have love, it doesn't really matter what your faith is in or what your hope is in. Because um, without love, you're not going to do the better things, the finer things, the higher things. And um, so anyway, the greatest of these is love. And, and you'll see that on my website now. I've changed that all around, all around on TonyFunderburg.com. I did have another site, TonyWrites.com. And it was uh, my business site for a while. And then I changed it to, um, it was going to be about the Christian things that I'd write about. And then the more people were asking me why I separated it and the more uh, feedback that I was getting, um, I just decided it's not necessary. So I'm who I am and I'm going to put it all together. There's going to be some rhyming things that I'm still writing and I'll be reading those on here and sharing those with you for the kids. But I'll also be putting some, I guess, deeper things, you know, stuff that uh, hopefully you adults will like too. So I'll just go ahead and get started with what I, uh, what some of my posts were this past week and uh, and we'll see how it goes. What do you think? Sound okay? All right, here we go. The first one was a real short poem uh, based on some thoughts that I was having about, I mean, so much of what you see nowadays is, uh, you know, there's an app for this, there's an app for that, and sort of like you just buy something and it already does everything for you. All you have to do is tap some buttons or tap some graphics or something, you know. And when I was a kid, even when we wanted to play with toys, um, a lot of times we just kind of had to make it ourselves. So I wrote this little short four-line poem about that, and it's based on um, what my grandmother taught my brother and I when we stayed with her for a while, and uh, she taught us how to make our own toys. Make it yourself with a new idea and a motor and a wire. You never know who might love your work or who you might inspire. Yeah, you just never can tell when you do something instead of, you know, letting Apple or Microsoft or and somebody else do it. Um, you never can tell. You might do something and you, what you do inspires others. So give it a shot. Make stuff. Okay, um, the next one was actually a poem. The next uh, blog post and article was a poem. Um, talking about you just never know who's watching you. So, you know... Maybe you want to smile a little bit more just so uh, people won't think that you're, you know, just a, an old grouch or something. And that's what this one's about. You never know who is watching you. That is, at least until you do. So don't dare make an ugly face, at least not in a public place. So when you dress, please add a smile. 
It adds pizzazz. It shows your style. And it might spread to others, too, no matter who is watching you. Hope that does something for you today, and I hope uh, maybe you'll put your smile on before you even get dressed. Okay, the next article I wrote also included a poem and geared toward the kids. And uh, it's called When the Sun Shines. Go skateboard when the sun shines. Can't be bored when the sun shines. Shoot some hoops when the sun shines. Ride some loops when the sun shines. Hike a trail when the sun shines. Go set sail when the sun shines. Show your style when the sun shines. Find your smile when the sun shines. That's pretty much all day long. And really, when you think about it, the sun's always shining, so never let your guard down. Just keep that going, okay? Well, the next article was where I sort of made the transition from just having the old Rhyme Time podcast to going into the words and music of faith and hope and love. And um, this one, this article was based on um, the fact that Jesus said something along the lines of, um, well, actually, he didn't say it along the lines. In Matthew 26, 53, he said, Or do you think that I cannot now pray to my Father, and he will provide me with more than twelve legions of angels? Now, when he was saying that, he was basically telling those people, Look, I could stop this from happening with just my words. Just praying to my Father, I could stop all this that you're about to do from happening. But he also said, No greater love than this, than that a man should lay down his life for a friend. And so I wrote um, an article about that, and it's called uh, No Greater Love Than This, which you can see at TonyFunderburg.com. And um, if you wanted to read it there or... um, just kind of get the links and, you know, do a little bit of diving into it. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and read it here so it's in this form too. I wrote that there is no greater love than this, that a man be willing to lay down his life for his friends. Now, do you have a love like that living in your heart? It doesn't mean that you have to be killed in order to prove you love your friends. It means you'd be willing to do that if things ever got to that point. I pray you never have to face a circumstance like that, but I also pray you'd be able if and when the time comes. And I pray that for me, too. We Christians have an awesome example to go by. Jesus, who never committed a sin or a crime, became the only person ever to be found innocent of his charges and then sentenced to death. He didn't do what he did because he had no other choice. When they came to seize him and take him to face his charges, he let them know they couldn't possibly do this without his willingness. He could merely have prayed and legions of angels would come to his aid. But he didn't do that because he had chosen to take on flesh and bone, to become fully man in order to be able to give his life for his friends. That's us. Imagine eons and eons past, he had always been undying spirit. And yet his love for and toward us was and is so great, he became a man 
then became sin, then actually endured a torturous death that should have been for us. I don't know about you, but I want to be on his team. I want to get to know how anyone could love me that much. If God, who created all the heavens and earth, and lowered himself to our level in order to give us eternal life, is for us, then it doesn't matter who's against us. They're inconsequential in comparison. Now, God says that tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, and sword will not separate us from him. And the Apostle Paul was convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, or depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's quoting Paul. Truly, there is no greater love than this. The next article I wrote was also based on writings by Paul, and I, I guess the next several were written um, based on things that I was reading in Philippians. This uh, particular article is called A Secure Love Relationship. When you get right down to it, we humans have a fairly short list of true needs. Food, water, shelter, clothes, warmth when it's cold, and coolness when it's hot. Oh yeah, and one more thing. A secure love relationship. Pretty much anything else not in that short list I just shared falls under the categories of wants and desires. So, I'm sorry to have to tell you this, but your iPhone and Galaxy are not needs. As much as I enjoy my iPhone and all it helps me to do, I wouldn't die without it. And that describes a need. You could literally die without it. Okay, so how does a secure love relationship fall into the category of needs? Well, I'm glad you asked. First, there's the day-to-day, life-in-this-world need for love we all have. We're designed to need each other. We wouldn't be much without other people, and it's very stressful to live a life where love is perceived to be absent without leave. And stress can actually kill you. Did you realize that? Well, then it appears love is necessary. But how do we get a secure love relationship established? And how can we be sure it's secure for more than just a few years, months, weeks, days, or even hours? Simple. It's got to be based on Christian principles. Yep, even if you're an atheist or agnostic, dependable love needs Christian principles. Because if you're merely basing your love on feelings, you're standing on shifting sands in a windstorm. Your love should be willing to suffer for another and be kind and humble. Your love should not behave rudely. You shouldn't seek love for your own sake. Your love shouldn't be easily provoked or think evil of the ones you love. Your love should rejoice in truth. Your love should be willing to bear, believe, and endure all sorts of things. If your love fits this description, you have the makings of a secure love relationship. Later, I'll share a place where you can go for the kind of Christian love everyone should be chasing after with all their hearts. In the meantime, what do you think? Is there another standard for love that surpasses Christian love? If so, I'd love for you to share it here. 
and uh, let me know about that. You can also leave comments on my website, TonyFunderburg.com. Words and music of faith, hope, and love. I've got one more article to share with you, though. Um, actually, no, I've got two. And uh, the next one, I'm sure if you're a Christian and you've uh, attended church or if you've read your Bible, you've heard uh, Paul write, There is now no condemnation for those... Are you one of those? You should be, because there is no condemnation for those. Well, who are those? They're the ones who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And there again, that's Paul writing that. Okay, you pegged me. I'm one of those. And I'll tell you why. Let's assume for a moment, even if you don't agree that the Christian worldview is correct. Let's assume that. Okay, now it says that Jesus is God. And he came to earth about 2,000 years ago, taking on the flesh of man, suffered great persecution, was tortured, and put to death even though he was found innocent of all of his charges. And he rose from the dead, proving once and for all he was the one who was prophesied to come. Now, if all that's true... Let's just assume that it is. There's only one good reason for him to do that. Love. He couldn't have done that for any selfish reasons. What could any mortal human hope to personally gain by going through all that? And take that up a million notches because he's God. He's eternal from forever in the past to, to forever in the future. He would never have died any kind of death without a sacrificial choice to do so. So it wasn't his own gain he was seeking. It was yours. It was mine. And what gain? Well, the fact that Jesus took the punishment for all sin, past, present, and future, means that I have a shot at eternal life. Jesus gave me freedom from the eternal consequences of sin and death. His death made it possible for me to live in the presence of God without being consumed and extinguished by His holiness. Wow, it's hard to wrap your mind around, and yet it's so simple. Love, the love of God, that is, truly does conquer all. Don't condemn yourself to an eternity of unquenchable anguish. Seek God. Find out if I'm right about His loving nature, because... There is no condemnation for those who are in Him and His love. Okay, the final article that I'm going to share with you that I wrote uh, and posted here on TonyFunderberg.com for um, this past week is uh, an article I called Christian Doubt. Okay, so what's the definition of doubt? A feeling of uncertainty or lack of conviction when you have doubt about something in your life, you either aren't sure it applies to you or you to it, or you just can't seem to commit to it for some reason. This is just as true of Christian doubt and even more crucial to your well-being, here and now, as well as for eternity. Now, why do I differentiate between doubt and Christian doubt? Well, day-to-day -day doubt, those nagging thoughts about whether or not you have enough strength or time or resources, those doubts 
can simply give you a bad day. But Christian doubt arises from not knowing the Word of God, or if it applies to you, or if it's relevant for these modern times. And the doubt can grow when we don't commit to discovering the truths found in the Bible. And this doubt can have eternal consequences. Pretty corny old-fashioned stuff, right? Well, truth can sound very old-fashioned to anyone who believes everything is relative. The common thought that prevails in America and much of the world today is, if it's right for you, then it's right. After all, who am I to tell or suggest or advise you on what's best for your life? I should just keep my ideas to myself, and if they work for me, then that should be enough. I'm sure you've heard something similar expounded from a variety of sources. However, just in case you weren't aware, this very idea is written about in the Bible. It says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. Hey, that even rhymes. Now, you may disagree that the Bible is true. In that case, I suggest you actually read it. Find out what it says, why it says it, and whether there's any way to verify its claims. I believe you'll find it to be the most reliable books of facts and book of history on the planet. Yes, it's a compilation of books within a book. Maybe that's why it's been the world's bestseller for a few hundred years. Now, if you're a Christian and you find yourself lingering in Christian doubt, consider reading Romans 8, written by the Apostle Paul. Find out what turned Saul, a man who persecuted the early Christians, into the Apostle Paul, a man who was convinced that Jesus was who he claimed to be. You know what you'll find out? Truth erases, negates, and eliminates Christian doubt. Okay, that's it for the Tony Funderburk podcast, the transitional podcast from rhyme time only to, yep, sharing some rhymes, but also sharing some faith, hope, and love, words and music of faith, hope, and love that I find in the greatest book of all time, the Bible. My name's Tony, and um, I want to wish you all a great day, week, month, year, wherever you happen to be in time in this space-time continuum. And uh, till next time, God bless. Oh,